Thanks for listening to Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you're in the process of interviewing or getting ready to transition out of the military, our podcast provides resources to help you along the way. Whether you need tips on your resume, guidance on how to answer difficult interview questions, or advice on negotiating an offer, we've covered it all. In today's show, we'll talk about two other important aspects of a job interview that are frequently overlooked. Lauren Breton, an Orion recruiter, joins the show to discuss the importance of preparing questions to ask the interviewer and how to close the interview and leave a lasting impression. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. We'd love to get your feedback, so make sure you give us a rating. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for future podcasts, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for talking to me today. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. So before we get started talking about today's um, topic, which is going to be how to ace the final steps of the interview, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Lauren Breton. I'm originally from Northern Ireland. Um, I am a a military brat, so moved around a lot. Um, Most recently, was living in Japan, where I actually met my husband, um, who is uh, active duty Navy currently. And here at Orion, I am a candidate recruiter on the um, junior military officer side of the house here in Virginia Beach. Awesome. Very cool. Lauren, I actually did not know that about your background from being in Ireland. That's awesome. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Very cool. Well, during this podcast and really everything we do with candidates is really to prepare themselves for the interview process to make sure that they can get their dream job. And a lot of prep, I think, that goes into interviews is focusing on kind of anticipating the interviewer's questions, knowing how to respond in a way that will position you as the right person for the job. And then I think once candidates get through what can feel like the rapid fire questions, sometimes it's like smooth sailing from there from there on out. But I know that there are some other factors that go into the interview process that you don't want to um, overlook when you're preparing. So we're going to talk about those today. So really in terms of knowing what questions to ask and then also how to close the interview. So why is it important to ask the interviewer questions? Absolutely. I mean, it shows that you're prepared and that you're interested. Um, So, I mean, we typically recommend that candidates obviously ask questions that they genuinely want to know the answer um, for. You know, um, you've got to make sure that that the company and the position is actually a right fit for you as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, from, you know, from my point of view, people that I've interviewed in the past, it's, it's nice to see that you've come prepared for your interview and that, you know, you, that interest is genuinely there. Mm-hmm. You can almost think of it as if you were going on a date with someone, you wouldn't show up just prepared to talk about yourself. You would want to ask questions about them too. Exactly. And I actually use that analogy a lot. Um, I mean, it's very applicable in today's society with, you know, internet dating. It is so important that you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when we talk about being prepared and coming up with questions, I think, you know, candidates probably want to know as a rule of thumb, if there's a certain number of questions that they should prepare to ask. So what do you think? Is there like a minimum or maximum number? Absolutely. So, I mean, my go-to would be to prepare five, um, but typically you're asking about two or three. But if you go prepared with five, that means that you can kind of tailor the questions depending on how the interview went or, you know, what it is you actually want to ask. Um, And like I said before, ask questions that you genuinely want to know the answer to. Um, I think three is probably a good number. Mm-hmm. I think that's good, too, because you never know, maybe during the course of the interview, they might answer some of the questions that you had prepared. 
And so exactly. you never want to, yeah, you never want to get to the end and they say, do you have any questions? And you say no, because even if they have covered it all, you don't, you don't want to come off as that you, there's nothing else that you want to know. You definitely want to make sure that they see you as being interested and, you know, wanting to learn more. Absolutely. And like you said, even if the, you know, the, the questions have been answered previously throughout the interview, you, you should have prepared, you know, a good handful that they, you know, they, they typically wouldn't cover in an interview. Um, and like you said, you know, make sure that you're, you're asking those questions to maintain that interest. Mm-hmm. So what about the types of questions? Because I know that there's, and you'll probably talk about this a little bit, but I know that mm-hmm. kind of the hard and fast rule is not to ask questions that you could easily find online just by doing basic company research. But what are some examples of questions that you think candidates should always be prepared to ask? Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I, what I like to, what I like to ask myself, you know, you know, having interviewed in the past is what makes an ideal candidate for the role or for the company, you know, so that, that allows the, the interviewer to hone in on what skills and experience they're looking for. Um, and as they're describing what makes that ideal candidate, you know, you can obviously come back and say, well, I have X, Y, and Z that you're looking for. So I think that's, a, that's a great starter question is what makes an ideal candidate for this position. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Um, and I've actually asked that, you know, myself in the past. Um, I asked uh, an interviewer what made an ideal candidate. And as she, you know, she gave her answer and she described the skills and experience that she was looking for, it then allowed me to say, well, you know, not to sound overconfident, but you've described exactly what I can bring to the table. Yeah, definitely. It's a good to the point of an interview is always to make sure that you are highlighting your skills and kind of aligning those with what the company is seeking. So this is also a great way to do that and that you're asking questions and showing interest, but then you can also use it to bring the t- conversation back to you and why you're a good fit for the role. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's it's kind of a sales pitch. You know, you're, you're trying to sell yourself. You want to make sure the interview knows exactly why they should hire you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Okay, so that's a very good one. What about some others? Perfect. Have, like, some so top the five second or? one, yeah, the second one I like to ask is, you know, what do you, the interviewer, um, specifically like about working at this company? Um, that allows for a personal connection. Um, it also lets you in on what the job satisfaction is like. Um, you know, if they don't have a, a, you know, a definitive answer right there and then, you know, that's a big red flag. But also it allows you, you know, if they are going into more detail, um, it just lets you see you know, what you're going to get from the role personally. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good one. That definitely helps you figure out if it's going to be a cultural fit for you. Like you said, if they don't have anything to say right up front or if their <laughs> answer is something like, oh, they give us vacation time. I like to get away from this place. Yeah, <laughs> it completely. Kind of I mean, it's a what you <laughs> Exactly. That's it's a it's a great question that does, you know, if you're if you're really listening in, it can tell a lot about the company and you know the, the position and you know, like you said, the company culture as well. So I I always really like to ask that question. Yep, that's a good one for sure. Okay, what about um the next one? So I also like to ask, how can I personally be successful in this position? Um, what that allows for is, you know, for the interview to actually visualize you in the position that, you know, you're interviewing for. Um, so it also, you know, lets you in on a little bit more about the, you know, the specifics of the job. Um, and, you know, it also allows you then to say, well, you know, you've, you've said X, Y, and Z. This is exactly what I can bring to the table. This is what I can do. Um, so yeah, so how can I be successful in this position? 
Very good. I think that's a good, that's another good example of one that can show you. And it, again, it can help you evaluate, is this the right position for you? Because if, if the things that they list that are going to make you successful, if maybe those aren't your strong suits or it's something that you're not necessarily interested in doing, it helps you evaluate the position too. Absolutely. And I mean, if there's a second step, you know, a final interview or, you know, an on-site that you have to go to, it also lets you prepare, you know, for the for the second round. Well, you know, the, the interviewer said that I needed to be this to be successful in the position. It, it allows you to go back and do a little bit more research, you know, hone in on those skills that you've had in the past um, and, you know, go on to sell yourself. Yeah, definitely. Any others? Yeah, so I also like um, to ask about um, if it's a leadership position, for example, you know, tell me about my team. Who am I going to be working with? Um, and even just the phrasing alone of that, it assumes that you're going to be successful in the position. You know, can, I, can you tell me about who I'll be working with? Um, but also genuinely listen to the answer that you're getting. Um, it allows you some insight into the team, you know, typically what a day would look like for you. Um, and then, again, it uh, gives some insight into the position itself. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, um, Lauren, do you have other ones? Because I have a couple of questions for you based on some no, things sure. that I've seen. Okay, so I, a couple of questions that I've seen are, I don't want to say that they're negative, but, you know, could be potentially like phrased in a way that would not sit well with an interviewer. Potentially, mm -hmm. I've seen them on lists of things that you should ask. So I want to get your opinion on them. Like, sure. for instance, one was, what are your concerns about this job and the person you hired? Do you think that, I think phrasing can obviously be big here and maybe that's just worded the wrong way, or do you think that that's a legitimate question to ask if you are in the, inter are you, if you're in the interview, do you think it's an okay question to ask about concerns or, um, you know, you're kind of asking about expectations, but I guess I don't know if just like framing it in that way maybe sounds a little bit negative. Absolutely. I always tend to avoid, um, you know, negative questions. And that doesn't necessarily mean what's bad, but it's just that the wording, you want to word it so that it sounds positive. So, you know, going back to mine, well, you know, how can they be successful? Um, or, you know, can you give me an example of someone that succeeded in this position? Rather than focusing on who didn't or, you know, what your concerns are, it shows that you're someone that could, you know, possibly stand up to, you know, to you know, fix anything that had gone wrong in the past without actually using the word wrong or, or negative or, you know, focusing on, on the bad aspects. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you, freezing is so important. You want to come across as a positive, energetic person that you can, you know, fix problems. If you're asking about those problems in a negative way, the interviewer is not going to see that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think your question of how can I be successful in this role is so important and it's great instead of saying what would some of my challenges be in this role it's great to put a positive spin on it like you said absolutely well that kind of segues into the next um kind of segment of this i wanted to ask you what some of the questions are that candidates should avoid asking so it sounds like they should avoid asking anything that's going to um, come across maybe negative or even if it's not negative, just using words that can be considered negative versus the positive spin on it. So what are some of the other questions they should avoid? So this probably sounds like a very obvious one, but it's in there for a reason. You, you should never ask, you know, what the company does. Um, regardless of whether or not you've done your homework, you don't want to, to let an interviewer know that you actually have no idea, you know, about the company that you're interviewing with. Um, so a big no-no, please don't ask what the company does. Um, another one is, um, you know, salary, benefits, vacation. You never want to ask, you know, what can the company do for me? 
Um, you're trying to sell them on your skills and what you can bring, you know, to the, to the company and the position. Don't ask about what they can provide you. You know, that's a conversation you have, you know, once an offer has been made and you're going through your, you know, your offer letter, all that can be ironed out then. If you're asking about vacation and benefits at the interview stage, that is a big no-no for the interviewer. You know, when you said that it's probably an obvious not to ask what the company does, one scenario where I could see that happening, and you maybe have seen this in your time at Orion, is at a hiring conference because you're interviewing with so many different companies. So while it does seem like a given to not do that and say you're only going on one interview or you're having a phone interview, but I could see within the environment of a hiring conference when you're interviewing with multiple different employers, I could see a candidate maybe not doing as much research as they should on specific companies. That's a really good point. I mean, I've had candidates that have had, you know, nine or 10 interviews at a hiring conference, and that can be really exhausting, you know, to then, you know, spend the night before researching 10 different companies. But how I would go around that question um, is, you know, rather than asking specifically about what the company does, is maybe ask about the position itself. You know, tell me about a typical day as a project manager in this position. And that gives you a little bit more insight without, you know, showing that you haven't done as much research as you possibly could have. Um, but I mean, the hiring mm -hmm. conferences themselves, you know, there's, uh, you know, packets with all the company information. Um, our account reps give fantastic presentations beforehand. So, you know, even though there's not as much time, you will be a little bit prepared, you know, going in, um, even just, you know, so you've got an understanding of what the company does itself. But, you know, ask a little bit more detail about the position. Um, we'll give you some insight, like I said, without sounding like you haven't done your homework. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we talked about um, just anything that makes you sound not so prepared in terms of knowing what the company does. You don't want to ask the what's in it for me questions. Is there anything else that candidates should avoid asking during the interview? Yeah, so I mean, this one's come up quite a lot um, because it, it's a legitimate question, but talking about scheduling. So I know, you know, pa working parents potentially want to know about the schedule, um, you know, to figure out daycare or, you know, dropping kids off at elementary school. You know, that's a legitimate question, but at this stage, it just suggests a little bit of a lack of concern about the company. Um, I'm more concerned about, you know, making sure that you've got a good work-life balance. Uh, I mean, that's a question mm -hmm. that, you know, absolutely can come up later on down the line. But at the interview stage, it just raises a little bit of a red flag for the interviewer. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if you're asking questions about hours or anything implying, you know, extra work, it can maybe signal to the interviewer that you're wanting to do as little work as possible, which, like you said, that's not necessarily the case. Anybody who has kids or has a life outside of work knows that, you know, you, you have to have that work-life balance, but just this interview, especially the first interview, is definitely not the time to bring that up. Absolutely. And then the last thing, um, and again, this has been asked before, um, is the, you know, the working remotely question. Can I work from home? Unless it's stated specifically, um, you know, in the job description beforehand, it's not something that you want to ask. Um, I mean, potentially that could be on offer later on down the line. But at this stage, again, it just displays a lack of interest that, you know, you're more concerned about staying away from the office. Um, I mean, it, it's a legitimate question if that's something that, you know, you would like to consider later on down the line. But at this initial interview stage, again, it's not something you want to ask. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Now, I know one of the big draws of hiring military talent, something that our civilian employers really like about the military candidates, is that 
they are very driven and um, they're, you know, of course, ideal for leadership positions. And they like that drive and determination that a military candidate brings to the table. And on the flip side, we know that military candidates do like career progression and they like that to be clearly defined. But I know that that's not necessarily something that they should ask about in especially a first interview in terms of asking, you know, something like, how long will I wait to be promoted? Do you have any suggestions around that or maybe a way that they could kind of ask that question without it coming across that way? So maybe like an alternative way to ask it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it is, it is such an important question. But again, you don't want to come across confrontational um, or that you've got a, you know, a specific timeline, timeline that you want to achieve. But if you ask about, you know, the company policy for, you know, continuous learning, um, you know, are there any programs that, you know, employees are sent through to, you know, gain additional skills or, um, you know, what's the, what what's the, uh, like the promotion um, sort of target timeline for this, you know, this, specific position. Um, you know, if you're going in at an entry level, that's a fantastic question to ask because it shows that you're envisioning this, you know, being a long-term, you know, career for you. It's not something that you're going to do for a year and move along. So asking those questions, but again, in a positive way, um, you know, you don't want to say, look, when am I going to be promoted to the next level? Instead, ask about the, you know, the career progression, um, you know, any any programs or training, you know, incentives that are offered is, is a great way around that. Yeah, definitely. That's a good tip. Now, I know for in terms of closing the interview, I know that's very important in sales roles, but really it's important in any role because you want to end the interview on a positive note and, again, reiterate why you're the best person for the job. And like you said earlier, you want to sell yourself. So when closing the interview, yeah, so when we're talking about the closing of the interview, what should candidates make sure that they're doing in order to leave a lasting impression? Absolutely. And I mean, the close is one of the most important things you can do in an interview. Um, It just confirms your interest, you know, so reiterate, you know, either what you've spoken about in the, you know, the interview, um, any questions that, you know, you want to just highlight and say, look, this is why I'm qualified for this position. You want to remind the interview, you want to leave that lasting impression so that, you know, when they're, um, you know, revisiting all the candidates at the end of the day, that, you know, you're the one that has left that lasting impression. Um, and I mean, tactfully ask for the job, um, you know, rather than just say, you know, I, I want this job, you can do it in a tactful manner. Um, you know, for example, I, you know, I sincerely hope that you'll extend me an offer, um, you know, in the, or, you know, I want to, I want to follow up, you know, what the next steps are. I mean, ask those questions so that the interviewer has no doubt in his or her mind that you want this job. It just solidifies your interest. Um, and I always uh, recommend following up with a thank you note um, and do that as soon as possible. If you are potentially interviewing first thing in the morning, they may be seeing, you know, a handful more candidates throughout the day. Um, if you have a, a thank you note in their email inbox, again, that just highlights you as that standout candidate that, you know, is qualified and wants the job. Yep, definitely. I think that that's really good. So would you, how, just as a follow up on what you said about sending a thank you then, how soon would you recommend sending a thank you after the email? So I think before close of business that same day. Um, I know some people would say 24 hours, 48. I think by the end of the day is good um, because that way, you know, you're you're the person that they're seeing in their inbox, especially if you have had an interview, like I said, earlier on in the day. Um, I think, you know, by close of business is a, is a sort of good time frame. 
Um, and, you know, typically you want to obviously thank them for their time, but also reiterate anything that you'd mentioned in the interview about, you know, maybe they'd suggested bringing you for an on-site interview or that, you know, the, the HR um, leader would give you a phone call in two days time. You want to you wanna focus in on that and say, remember, you said you were bringing me on site. I am available, you know, Monday through Wednesday of next week. I mean, don't let them, um, you know, like slip, don't have you slip through the, the cracks. You know, time kills all deals. If you want to follow up, follow up right away. Yeah, definitely. Now, in terms of time, because I, I think, I don't know, maybe this is um, kind of an old sentiment that maybe people aren't as concerned about it anymore, although I've still heard it come up the topic of a handwritten thank you versus an email. So as you're saying, it's very important to be timely and make sure that you're following up so that they remember you and it's fresh in their mind. So would you advise against a handwritten thank you or would you say maybe that's in addition to an email if you choose to do so? Again, we hear that a lot as well. You know, I'd say, you know, maybe a decade or so ago, a handwritten note was such a lovely sentiment. Um, but I mean, we're in we're in the age where email, uh, you know, everybody has their phones on them. You can send a quick email right away. Um, I mean, if it's something that, you know, you are, you know, you, you absolutely want to send a handwritten thank you note, by all means do, but just be mindful of the time. Um, you know, I would I would absolutely recommend sending an email as a, you know, as a first point. Um, and, you know, you're more than welcome to follow up with a handwritten, but, you know, everybody will have access to emails, especially hiring managers, you know, they're, they're going to be on their, their phones or their, their computers. Um, on that note, one thing I would suggest, though, is I've had some people that have sent, um, especially after hiring conferences, they've sent, a, you know, a few quick thank you notes on the, on the flight or the, the drive home and, you know, on the iPhone or, you know, whatever device you're using autocorrect is a big problem and I've had people mm -hmm. call hiring managers the wrong name just because of an autocorrect so potentially you know you could wait until the evening when you're home at your laptop you know things are a little bit bigger um, and you know those autocorrect mistakes can't happen um, so I, I mean it it just depends on what you're more comfortable with I guess yeah and I think that you're completely right it's like and I think as the workforce gets younger and you know hiring managers and HR representatives are getting younger I think that the handwritten thank you note while it's a nice sentiment um, it's probably you know you want to make sure that you get your message in and you could send a handwritten thank you note and they could have already made the hire by that point so I think just exactly. the sooner the better but like you said make sure that no matter what device you're sending it on you're paying attention to detail and making sure that there's no autocorrect or anything where technology is going to wind up working against you. Absolutely. It's a really good point. Okay. Well, Lauren, I think that's all really great advice. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners, whether it's about interview advice in general or, you know, the questions to ask or even closing an interview? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, uh, a closing point for me is just keep it positive, you know, be mindful of the language that you're using. You want to come across as, you know, interested, uh, positive, prepared, um, you know, ask those questions about the company culture. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the, the interview is a chance for you to make sure that this position is actually a right fit. You know, this is potentially something that you're going to turn into a long lasting career. You know, you're you're wanting to ask those questions. Like I said, you know, before you want to know the answer to. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, don't be asking questions that, you know, potentially just makes you sound, you know, very intelligent and clever that you've clearly done your homework. 
that's fantastic, but are those answers something that you, you actually want to know? Um, and again, with the close, we say it time and time again, but it is the most important part of the interview. Tactfully ask for the position, you know, solidify that interest, um, and always follow up with your thank yous. Mm -hmm. And just keeping in mind that it's a two-way street. Like we mentioned earlier, it's like a date. If you go in with everything that you want to say, that's great and encouraged, and you should do that, but you also need to ask of the other person things that will help you make the right decision and determine whether or not it's a good fit. Absolutely. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. No, thank you. Thank you. It was really, really great this afternoon. I really appreciate your time, too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.